the MZ Studios Dallas Virtual Studios in Cyberspace. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Greetings, everyone. It's your host, Ryan Trimble, coming to you today, again joined by my colleague and friend and fellow American, Sean Williams. Sean, good day, sir. Hey, Ryan, good day. How are things in the Trimble household? Sounds like some yoga may be about to take place. Cosmic yoga. Yes, we've located a a fun kids yoga program that has uh, been filling in for a PE class for us for the past few days. So it's a blessing. It is a blessing. How are you, Sean? I'm good. I was um, sans AC for a while, and so in our uh, complex here, and so after about three or four days of no air on Twitter, I said it was kind of like being in the movie do the right thing for those of you who've seen that movie um I, i'm back so I'm, I'm thankful talk about that i'm thankful for ac and air he's back baby he's back well we're glad you are you're cool as a cucumber again sean well uh ryan you know we at Alameda, media um we we like to get involved and we like to be make sure that we are on top of things going on in the community and obviously we would be remiss if we weren't, uh, especially on this podcast, able to have a conversation and, and lend our thoughts and voices to uh, what's going on across America and what's going on in our city and all that is uh, a result of the death of uh, George Floyd, who was from Houston, Texas, and who was killed in Minneapolis, Minnesota uh, after an inter- interaction that he had with a police officer, uh, which resulted in his death. And then since then, we've seen protests across the United States. Uh, we've seen those some of those protests uh, devolve into chaos um, for whatever reason. And, and some of those reasons we can talk about and some of those reasons. Uh, but but any, regardless, it is taking taking a lot of the focus and attention off the fact that people have been peacefully protesting the death of George Floyd and uh, at the hands of a police officer. And we wanted to to get into a conversation around that. Yeah. So uh, we tossed the idea around of doing a, a series of uh, of interviews around the topic to see what local leaders and local voices have to say about it and hopefully use our space uh, as, as somewhere that can, you know, voices uh, and people can come together, uh, you know, to learn, to listen and to move forward. Um, you know, I, I, I just on a personal note, I've, I've always enjoyed our, our podcast and we, we didn't set it up to be, you know, an African-American guy and a white guy doing a podcast in Dallas, but it is what it is. And, um, you know, I, I, I always learn from you, Sean, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for our friendship. Yeah, I, I think it is unique in a way, though, because we did know going in that you tend to be more to the right of issues. I tend to be more to the left and which makes it an even more vital discussion because it's rare if even if you just look at political lines, so if you if you look at political lines, if you look at race lines, it's rare for any venue where you have. And now, if you think about it, a two and a half year conversation that we've been having on anything. And so I think that, you know, just from that standpoint, it's good and it makes it even more poignant that we have an opportunity to both weigh in our thoughts on this. And so the way we're going to do that for our listeners is to 
have what is now a four-part series. Uh, and if it ends up being more, then, then okay. Um, but right now we're looking at doing a four-part series that we're calling, Where Do We Go From Here? And it is uh, based off the title of a book written by Dr. Martin Luther King in 1967, Where Do We Go From Here, Community or Chaos? And Dr. King wrote this book uh, as he was looking at a change in the movement, the movement that he had started as a nonviolent movement. Uh, and and then the Black Power movement was beginning to take shape in the late 60s. And uh, they had had some civil unrest in cities across America. And he was talking about, you know, what that means, why people resort to those tactics and what the frustration right. was. And I think that we're seeing similar frustrations and a similar uh, point in time right now. And so I think it's a good title and a good guide for us uh, to use as a jumping off point for this conversation. Yeah, I'm excited to get into it. You know, I think this is uh, hopefully we'll give our help, give our city a, a maybe we can lead and, and show our city how to have conversation. So I'm excited about our guest today, Sean. He is Father Josh Whitfield of St. Rita Catholic uh, Church here in Dallas. Uh, he's the the pastor at the church, and um, he's got some really interesting thoughts. We we both got to listen to his homily from Pentecost this past Sunday, and uh, where he he spoke to the uh, you know, a host of issues really it tipped off by the George Floyd uh, the George Floyd murder, and jumped into you know the North South divide here in Dallas, and just a bunch of other issues. So it was it was a great homily. We'll post it in the episode notes, and then I know Sean, uh, technical expert that he is, has got a couple clips uh, queued up. Yeah, um, as as we're going in and out of breaks here, we're going to have an opportunity to listen to parts of that. Um, of that homily. And we will have not only the, in our show notes, the the link to the YouTube video that Father Josh gave on Pentecost Sunday, but also uh, the transcript of the homily as well, we'll have in the show notes. And so um, as we go in and out of breaks, you'll hear some of the words, but uh, we're going to take our first break. And then when we come back, we'll have our conversation with Father Josh. So this is Deconstructing Dallas. Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We'll be right back right after this. Part of the problem is that we see these killings too narrowly. We analyze each incident, we dissect and judge the man, why did he resist, why didn't he just comply, sometimes we judge the officer, we say he's poorly trained, a bad apple, maybe the product of a corrupt, inept department. When the riots break out, when violent masses take to the streets, when the fires begin, we're almost relieved not to have to think about 
what started it. Thankfully distracted by senseless anger and senseless violence. But we refuse to see the killing of a black man, of black men, as, as a social reality, as the symptom of a bigger problem. Or when we do offer broader commentary, especially we religious folk, too often it's just pious nonsense. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Sean, it's a pleasure to be joined today by Father Josh. He, of course, pastor at St. Rita Catholic Church, Josh Whitfield. Father, thank you for joining us today. We always, off the top of the show, like to like to give our guests a, a little, little background on our guests. So tell us about yourself, where you're from, and then tell us about your church. Well, I'm, uh, it's good to be on, by the way, and, and uh, thanks for having me. I, I, you know, I'm pastor of St. Rita Catholic Church in North Dallas. It's a big, big church. We've got about 4,500 families round about, a Catholic school, K-8, uh, 700 kids, and uh, so I'm a busy guy. I, I'm, I'm a weird Catholic priest in many ways in that I am married and have four kids, uh, 10 years through four years old, and, uh, and so I'm a really busy guy. <laughs> uh, used to be, uh, yeah, I mean, I, my hobbies are sitting down. So, uh, but, but I used to be, a, a, an Episcopal priest and, and I went to Texas tech and then I went to seminary in England and, and then came back and went to Duke for some graduate school and, and have, uh, you know, since becoming Catholic and I was ordained. I've, I've been working nonstop and uh, just blessed to be in, in Dallas. It's, it's a great city. Well, Father Josh, this is Sean. And, you know, I, I heard a homily that you did uh, on Pentecost this past Sunday. And a lot of and I was very moved and inspired. And a lot of what I wanted to talk about and what we want to talk about is related to that. But but in a, another conversation we had, you mentioned to us that you had done a, a thesis on Martin Luther King and. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to talk, start off with that because a lot of what we're talking about is dealing with the kind of racial unrest and George Floyd and the shooting there. And and there seems to be this image of Martin Luther King that often makes people, I'll say white people in America, feel safe and they want to talk about the dream. But you've done a lot of studying on Dr. King. And then you've also talked a little bit about evolution, even from when you wrote your thesis. So can you talk about, you know, maybe where you started as it related to Dr. King? King and then some of the other things that you've you've in, involved into your thinking since. Right, right. I, you know, when I was younger, I was very blessed to to grow up in a you know middle class white household, and and we were taught to celebrate diversity in, in the home, and 
and and so it, it was a very normal, peaceful existence. And as I grew up, I, I was naturally attracted to Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, preaching. To be honest, I mean, I'm I'm a preacher, and and I I still to this day uh, am in awe of his uh, preaching. And 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 falling in love with Dr. King in that way, you you study his life, and and you find yourself um, deep in study of the civil rights movement. And and so in college, I, I studied the uh, bus boycott and uh, the rest of his life and, and, and felt myself, uh, you know, sufficiently enlightened. Uh, but as I grew up and as I, as I read more, as I came into contact with, uh, um, real African-American experience and, and people, you know, uh, I discovered that my earlier uh, experience of uh, and knowledge of the civil rights movement of, of Martin Luther King's life uh, was narrow, too narrow, right? And, and there is a mythology uh, surrounding the civil rights movement and around Dr. King, which, which, Tames, um, and, 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 you know, makes, um, palatable, uh, you know, the, the radical work that Dr. King was doing and, and others, others like Malcolm X, you know. And so I had to widen and broaden my, um, understanding of what the civil rights movement really was, was aiming at. And and not settle for that consensus mythology that that um, that a lot of us white people, just to be honest, um, uh, can tolerate. And so it was real growth on my part, and that, and that didn't happen until you know late thirties, if I'm honest with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you know what what brought us to this conversation and many that we're having is the death of uh, George Floyd in Minneapolis, and you know. I, I wanted to ask you your thoughts on what feels different about this moment. Why why do you feel like we're seeing outrage of, regarding this death? We didn't see it to this level with Trayvon Martin, with Michael Brown, with uh, uh, Tatiana Jefferson. I mean, this feels different, at least to me, and what we're seeing. What 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 would your be opinion be of that? I, th- I think it feels different too, and and I. Th- Speaking with a number of my parishioners who've reached out to me, who have expressed um, a, a, a an an opening to to changing mind and heart um, b- because of George Floyd, and and so I do think there is a difference, and and what that difference is, you know, I, I don't want to uh, uh, assume I know, but I, but I think there's something at least for me. Um, that horrific video of the murder of a man, a, a, a nine-minute video watching his his slow and agonizing death. It, 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 it's it's like watching a Calvary. You can't look away, and and, and I think that um, that 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 moment, uh, that visual moment of watching him die like that. Um, it, 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 it's like looking at a cross. It's like looking at the death of of, of Christ on 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 a cross, and and uh, 
that that that's a powerful image and and i and i think there's something to that uh, you know um it, it, and that's why people have to watch it they have to see it you you can't not see that now father in our line of work Sean and I's line of work we're we're very familiar with the north south divide that we have here in our city you know I, i'm somebody who didn't spend a lot of time in southern dallas uh, for many years, uh, when I first moved here, um, until recently, uh, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time in Southern Dallas. It sounds like, um, you know, you're, you're having a lot of people that are having an eye opening experience, uh, in your, you know, in your congregation, kind of similar to when I, um, you know, started really exploring and diving into Southern Dallas. What, what are you telling your, your congregation, like how do they, uh, how can you help them to understand their role in this current situation, this current state in our nation? You know, what, what can they individually do to understand more or um, you know, to, to help, to help the situation get better? Well, I think it, there's an opportunity now, hopefully um, to, to begin a conversation and to begin a journey of of learning and enlightenment to to discover a history beyond uh our our collective mythologies that that allows us to um reckon with our past right and 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 i talk about my experience of you know i i i can i considered myself a really enlightened progressive guy when it came to race but but I'd but I'd never read James Baldwin. I'd, I'd, I'd never heard about redlining. I'd never heard uh, 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 about Ta-Nehisi Coates and, and these great voices, right? And, and and so I had to intentionally seek these people out and learn from them because I didn't get it in school. I I, I, I didn't get it in 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 media today, right? And, and so I had to seek out and learn for myself to 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 grasp mentally uh, American history as it really is. And, and, and once you learn, you know, uh, then, then you can process uh, what, what's going on uh, more productively. And, and I, and I think, I think that sort of, that, that enlightenment uh, is, is the first step Toward uh, you know the policy changes and, and the societal changes, we all need to um, you know you know fight to achieve uh, in in order to to truly make this a, a better country, right? And, and and so I think this is an invitation, and, and leaders like myself should should encourage people to to take that step toward um, uh, greater knowledge, right? And 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 that was my experience, and I, and and I think we need to multiply that. Um, and and so that's what I'm telling people: you know, read, um, study, uh, investigate our you know national history and, and the history of this city. Uh, you know, because the, the North Dallas, South Dallas, the way the way Dallas is is is, is um, the way Dallas is shaped today is a direct result of uh, you know racial bias and, and the economic decisions and the development decisions and the political decisions, which, which issue from that bias and the consequences you, you, you could drive 10 minutes and, and discover them. Right. And, and, 
and we need to know that. Uh, and, and our, and our, you know, our, our simple, uh, history, our simplistic history, I should say, uh, it is not sufficient to teach us. And, and so education is, is, is a huge part of this process. This is Deconstructing Dallas. We are talking to Father Josh Whitfield from St. Rita Catholic Church. We come back, we're going to get a little bit more into the conversation regarding some of the um, disparities that Father Josh just mentioned. So hang with us through the break. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We'll be right back. late 1950s, Billy Graham preached once, the one great answer to our racial problem in America is for men and women to be converted to Christ. Now that's fine advice and I'm all for it. But there were more Americans in church, especially in the South in the 1950s, than at any other time in our history when most white Christians didn't have a thing to say about Jim Crow. Not a single thing. There is a problem in refusing to admit the problem. A problem saying in the face of the problems of our country that all we need is Jesus. Because one, I don't think Jesus himself would say that, and two, it's hypocrisy. Welcome back, Deconstructing Dallas, Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We are with Father Josh Whitfield, pastor at St. Rita Church, St. Rita Catholic Church here in Dallas. Uh, Father Josh, you know, in your Pentecost homily, you talked about political and economic decisions that stacked the deck against George Floyd before he was ever born. And for some of our listeners, uh, they they may disagree with you, they may not uh, about that sentiment, but uh, some might be ignorant about what that even means. So can you explain what you mean when you talk about those uh, political and economic decisions? Sure. What I, what I meant was uh, really the, the horrible history and the horrible story of, of redlining, which um, disfigured uh, black neighborhoods all across the country. Uh, in 2019, in, in December 2019, so... It, it, there was an exhibit in City Hall about redlining in Dallas. 
Um, I think it was only that month, and I think it should go around to every school in the city, to be honest. But, um, you know, in the 1930s with the New Deal, um, the, the, the FHA was established and the Homeowners Loan Corporation was established, but, but they mapped out every city in the country and, and they said these neighborhoods are desirable. These are, are, um, a little bit risky. These are undesirable. And, and the undesirable segments of the neighborhood were, were designated in red, hence redlining. And, and they were black neighborhoods. And, and, and so people in those neighborhoods couldn't, uh, get insurance. They couldn't get mortgages, uh, which led to massive, uh, you know, uh, divestment in, in those parts of the city. Uh, which caused property value to decline, uh, properties themselves to, to decline, people to leave those parts of the city, um, and, and the families that did struggle to stay in the city, in, in those neighborhoods, um, were under such immense stress simply to pay the bills that, 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 uh, families begin to break apart. And so you see this, this, the, these huge swaths of American cities, Decimated, uh, and by the time in the late '60s, when it, when redlining was declared unconstitutional, uh, the damage had been done, right? And 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 so with with the crime that you see in cities, uh, instead of seeing the economic causes of of of, of broken families and, and and depressed neighborhoods, what do we do? We talk about Law and order, right? This is, this is Nixon in the late sixties and things like that. And, and, and we are today still shaped by, um, by those decisions, right? Uh, in every city in America and in Dallas. And that's a history we're completely ignorant of, right? And, and so when I talked about political decisions that, um, Stack the deck against George Floyd before he was born. I, I, I meant that, but then also, uh, you know, before that, you, you've got you've got uh, the the uh, premature death of Reconstruction in the South. You've got um, uh, the rise of the Klan in, in the 1920s. You've got the white primaries in te- that in, in in Texas that you know weren't weren't unconstitutional in 1944. You know, it, 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 this this huge. Um, sort of uh, web of racial bias and, and and political decisions stemming from that racial bias, which which we are still living with today, and and, and that's what I meant. Father, in 2015, I had the chance to work with former uh, Dallas Mayor Mike Rawlings, and I got to go to a lot of these different communities with him. Um, and what I saw across these communities is that the the local church is really you know, the, the focal point of these communities and, and is, is carrying a lot of the weight, the spiritual weight, of the, uh, you know, pretty much everything from services to, to you, know, you name it. Um, what are you hearing from your fellow faith leaders a- across our city about the current situation? Well, uh, you know, I was, I was texting with a colleague, a Baptist colleague just the other day, and, and, and we're, we're trying to figure out what to do, especially for we white pastors um, be, because we, we are acutely aware that, that our task now is to listen and, and to learn and to support and, and, and not to lead. And, and so I, I think that's what we are at this precise moment trying to figure out 
how best to do, right? Um, we pastors need to get together and know each other better. We, we need, we need to talk and listen and, and then invite our people to talk and listen to. And so I think it would be a great achievement if, you know, in, in my parish, for example, if, if we could start that conversation and allow people to, to a, a safe space to have that conversation about race and then to establish those friendships with, with other faith communities that socioeconomically and racially are not like us. Um, that, that is what I hope you see in the future regarding faith communities participation in, in, you know, this, this the redemption of cities in America. You know, Father, when we talked prior, you mentioned how conversations about racism often devolved into like two categories. Uh, and on the on the right, you hear a lot of r- rhetorical cliches or, or cliches of rhetoric. And on the on the left, you hear a celebration of diversity, which, um, you know, I, I wanted to get your your ex- I want you to expand on that thought and, and why, you know, we end up going there, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think my experience is, I mean, I've got a very diverse community. It's a beautiful community full of lovely people. And, and they, they're on the, they're, you know, they, they run the spectrum from right to left. And, and generally speaking on the right, I'll, I'll run into, you know, what I call racial cliches, right? Um, people will bring up black on black crime. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll bring up, uh, uh, you know, a whole sort of buffet of statistics or anecdotes or stories, uh, some true, some not true at all. Uh, they'll, they'll employ the rhetoric of, of law and order, not realizing it, it's, it's, uh, frankly racist legacy. And, and, and they're trying to get a grip on the situation, right? Uh, and they're trying to, they're trying to diagnose and gain control conceptually uh, of, of what they see on their televisions, which frightens them. Uh, and, and that is, uh, a, a a conceptual grasping uh, for for whiteness, basically. On the left, uh, I, I will be pressured very quickly to um, you know push diversity training or um, push zero tolerance for for uh, quote unquote racist behavior uh, in in our school or something like that, which is all fine and good, but um it 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 reduces to sort of a, a an assertion of identity politics which is which is something other than asking those tough economic political questions um which which point to us as beneficiaries of a biased unfair system right and and, and so I'm I'm far more interested in how we can uh, organize and mobilize to 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 vote in leaders who who will m- make policy changes that that will actually change the game, and, and what that means is we we have to be open to imagining a, a, a North Dallas that that is is not perhaps as vastly um economically superior than than south dallas we 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 have to reimagine uh, uh a, a whole new politics and and that's frightening and that's complicated and that's scary and 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 but but i don't i don't see any other way forward 
uh, other than just to, to rehearse this, this very sick ritual, uh, anytime another George Floyd dies. Does that kind of make sense? And so, um, can we move the ball, uh, down, down the field? Uh, mm-hmm. or, or, or is this going to be, you know, kind of the same way we haven't handled gun violence, right? When, when, when there's a mass shooting, it's a ritual, right? We, we, we socially go through a ritual of outrage and, and, uh, and then nothing happens, right? And, and, and we, we can't do the same on race. We, we've got to be different. And, and that's, that's, those are those are the things that I'm saying when I have those conversations, and, and um, you know, it's not it's not easy or pleasant. Now, Father, you were speaking. Uh, you gave your Pentecost homily. Pentecost, of course, when um, it's very important in our in the Christian faith. Um, it's when we receive the Holy Spirit. Um, Paul Rasmussen at our church, Highland Park United Methodist, uh, referenced in his Pentecost remarks at the story from Acts 19 when uh, the Apostle Paul is in Ephesus and comes across a group of disciples that when he asked them, you know, have you received the Holy Spirit? They said, no, we've never even heard that there's a such thing as this Holy Spirit. What is this? For you, what what's your prayer? I mean, you're, you're telling people, yeah. Are you looking for people, obviously, to find the Holy Spirit? But what's your prayer for our city, our state, our country? Um, what do you hope that, you know, I feel like we're all kind of in this lost, you know, searching for answer state. What's your prayer for people looking for answers? Well, I, I do. I, um, I I like the city of Dallas. I love the city of Dallas. And, and I think it's a great city. Not a perfect city, but any stretch of the imagination. And... and, and but but I think our hope is, you know, and the question is, can we be a city where people can gather together in their homes, in at, at, in their churches, in in, in parks, uh, on the streets? Can we be a city of people who who can gather together and and share their experience and their views, and and then and then learn? And, and, and then, um, not, you know, not tempted to celebrate a, a, a cheap and, and shallow diversity, but, but to work hard together to, to change the city so that, so that we can truly, you know, inhabit an equity and, and, and an equality. Which, which America has never achieved and ever achieved, right? And and maybe I'm optimistic because and biased about my love for Dallas, but I, but I I do think churches like mine can can play a role in providing spaces like that. Um, and and I, and I and I do think you know this city can 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 be a place where where people learn and grow together like that. And and that that's my prayer when I when I pray, come Holy Spirit, come. You know, I, I and I pray for I pray for that sort of um, opening of of minds and hearts on a collective uh, scale, and that might not be as um, uh, immediately sexy as as other sort of as other projects, um, but 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 I I do see that as 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 important, and and as I said, I think I think with the horrible 
murder of George Floyd and and the the, the Calvary like way in in which millions of people watched him die. You know, I I I think there is a, a, a spiritual opportunity, right? You know, Ta-Nehisi Coates talked about uh, uh, America needing to embrace a national reckoning that would lead to spiritual renewal. And, and, you know, Coates is an atheist saying that, but I agree wholeheartedly, right? We, we need a national reckoning leading to a spiritual renewal. And, and I think George Floyd in his, in his sacrificial death, God bless him, gave every American that chance. And the question is for us in the city of Dallas, are we going to take that chance or are we going to screw it up? And, 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 and I hope we take that chance. And, 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 and that's, that's my prayer. Goodness gracious. Well, Father, we are certainly grateful for you and your time today. If our listeners want to uh, learn more about you, learn more about your church, where can they find you? Yeah, I mean, you just get us on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is at FRJoshTX, so Father Josh Tex, Texas. And then our parish Twitter is at St. Rita Dallas, so S-T-R-I-T-A Dallas. And just Google us and you'll find us. Uh, but uh, I, I appreciate you guys very much. Well, I think you're going to get a couple of new Twitter followers because that is where we love to be. So uh, you'll find us <laughs> good, there. And, good. and we, we, we like to interact. So hopefully you do too. Yeah, we do. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good space when uh, used well. Well, uh, Father Josh, thank you for coming on. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We'll be right back after this. of individual circumstances, but of history, politics, economics, city planning, schools, development, and about what makes North Dallas so very different from South Dallas. It means we should think about income inequality, taxes, legislatures, and special interests. It, it means we should recognize, we should recognize, cut the crap, we should recognize most of us are beneficiaries of political and economic decisions which stack the deck against George Floyd before he was ever born. Which is precisely what we don't want to admit.
Welcome back, Deconstructing Dallas. Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Sean, I really enjoyed that conversation with Father Josh. He's a he's a smart guy. Um, obviously, done a lot of a lot of study, uh, a lot of prayer, and um, yeah, I think his his words are really important for our city and cities across America to hear uh, in this current environment. Yeah, I just hope more people have an opportunity to listen to some of the challenges he made and and accept the challenge of of understanding more getting outside of their comfort zone, getting outside of, of their normal habits and normal ways of thinking. And I, I know for me, you know, when I got the, <laughs> when I got the link and I saw it was, you know, Father Josh and I, I've heard of Father Josh, people in my office talking about him. I didn't know him. I was like, oh, yeah. you know, I, I, I did not want to get out of my comfort zone at first and listen, but I clicked on it. I was on my walk for the morning and I listened to it and I was so moved. Yes. And it, it's really made a big difference for me as far as, you know, it even helped because I was in a down place even when I heard about this, heard this because of everything that had gone on over the weekend. And so I hope more people will listen to this. And uh, and then I'm looking forward to following and interacting with Father Josh on Twitter as well. Yeah, it was uh, I did the same thing. I popped the kiddos in the stroller and I had it on as we were walking around the neighborhood. So I'm um, grateful for that. Grateful for this opportunity to uh work on this and, and my pledge, uh, to, to everybody out there and to, uh, to you, my illustrious colleague is, uh, to listen more and to learn more and to get out of my comfort zone as well. So, uh, thank you for that opportunity. Well, yeah, man, we are going to, like I said, be in the midst of a four part series. Where do we go from here? And uh, community or chaos is the book by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So, uh, we want to thank, uh, of course, Michael Zavala and NZ Studios. We want to thank our Allen Media colleagues. And we want to thank Samantha Matthews, who's helping us out during this city with the show notes. And we want to thank our creative team, um, Jessica Moore. And we want to thank Katie Chu as well for helping us out on the graphics. So uh, please listen to each of these episodes. Share with your friends. Share this on social media. Uh, we're not going anywhere. So hang with us. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Adios. Mm-hmm.